Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters Europe, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host today, Philippe Durand, a partner at the Paris law firm Auguste de Bouzy. In this special series of podcasts, we will be looking at employment and labor issues affecting businesses and organizations specifically in our European jurisdictions. In addition to discussing the important stories and events happening in these countries, we are fortunate to have the chance to dial in our local ELA lawyers who practice in these jurisdictions and are working daily to help their local clients. Joining us today on the program is Frederik Dahl. Frederik is a partner at Winger, our Swedish partner in Sweden, along with his colleague Emily Svensetta-Jantop. Emily is a counsel at Winger. They are both practice, of course, employment law in the employment team of that firm. So today, this team from Winger will be updating us on the current COVID rules and protocols in Sweden and its impact on employment issues and matters for employers there. Frédéric, Emily, welcome to the program. How are you both doing today? Thank you, Philippe. Very well. Very well indeed. Thank you. Are you both calling from the office or are you in your respective homes, if I may ask? From the office. And I'm from my home because I actually okay. have a small cold today. Ah, okay. Well, we might coming back to home office. Um, th that topic could come back in our discussion, speaking of the COVID situation and the employment situation in Sweden. I think that for the audience today, Frederick and Emily, and I would like to ask the first question to you, Frederick, we should start by way of background with some general consideration regarding the overall impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the employment relationship, the employment situation on both sides for employers and employees. What would you say about that, Frederick? Well, we had in Sweden a different approach to the COVID situation. We have not had any mandatory regulations sort of forbidding us to do certain things. Our authorities have a big trust in the Swedish citizens, so we only work with recommendations. And it has been up to each employer to decide how to organize the work, whether from the office or from home. There has been a recommendation to work from home, and that will be lifted as per September 29. But it has not been forbidden to require all your employees to be in the office if that is requested by, by the business you operate, like shops or restaurants or even offices where a presence is regarded to be necessary for the business. It has, of course, led to many redundancies. We've had a short-time working arrangement in Sweden where the state have, until September 29, been supporting the employers in order for the employees to be able to keep the employees, but working part-time. That has been rather successful. It has cost the taxpayers a lot of money. But I think now we can see when the economy is coming back, the companies are there and they are prepared to very quickly actually size up the operations to meet the requirements from the clients and customers. So I think even though it was very criticized from the very beginning to only have recommendations, not to force people to stay at home or wear face masks or whatever, it has turned out that we actually kept the economy running during this period of time in a smaller size, of course, but still running. So we haven't seen a large increase in unemployment And we haven't seen any increase of bankruptcies in the Swedish business society, which has been good, I think. Frederick, I do understand the fact that there were not very strict rules, but I do remember that you, King, 
had to apologize at some point because the way the pandemic situation was managed in Sweden. So we did hear what you said about the economy, i.e. the fact that the Swedish economy did pretty well eventually. How about the health situation? Would that be the same conclusion you would draw or not? And can you link that to those apologies your king made, which I thought was pretty amazing, pretty astonishing? Yeah, that was actually in the very beginning of the pandemic mm-hmm. situation where our, again, authorities might have had a very naive approach to the COVID situation. Uh, so the recommendations in the beginning, they were only recommendations. And the health sector didn't really cope with the pandemic explosion that we had spring 2020. So we got a COVID situation and a pandemic situation in our elderly homes, which was a catastrophe. We had people dying, you know, in masses on, on elderly homes and homes for retired people, but also in hospitals. So it was a very difficult situation in the beginning before the health companies, the hospitals and the various companies giving that kind of service realized that we need to be not only recommendation, it actually had to be mandatory regulations to wear face masks, to wash hands and keep distances in those kind of circumstances. So yes, the health sector was quite severed hit by the COVID pandemic in the beginning. And that's why the king was a little bit embarrassed. He was isolated in a castle in the middle of Sweden somewhere. And of course, that was a situation that many elderly people had during the pandemic. And that was rather difficult. Yeah, yeah. Although my question may have sounded a bit provocative, I don't think uh, you, you guys can really be blamed because other governments, including, for example, the French government, was pretty much struggling with other issues like the fact that we were told that masks were not required just because we didn't have enough masks. But that's just <laughs> a parenthesis to, to make you feel more comfortable. Emily, did you want to add anything to, to uh, Frédéric's comments? Well, I think that was quite exhaustive, actually. One thing that we have not done at all is, of course, the face masks. We have had all these debates on whether or not it's necessary, but we still don't know what the outcome of of that discussion will be. But it's interesting now when you start traveling carefully, how different the situation has been in in other countries in that regard. Very good. Now, let's stay with you, Emily, if you don't mind, and let's move forward in time. Now we are We all have vaccination all around Europe, all around the world, or in the richest countries, at least. And speaking about vaccination, in Sweden, can the employer require that people, staff, employees are vaccinated before they return to the office? And that's a question we see everywhere in all jurisdictions now. Well, I would say that the simple answer would be no, you can't require that from the employees. There are, of course, some exceptions where it can be something that you need to have in the specific line of work that you have in some exceptions. But generally, no, that's not a requirement that you can put on a workplace. Frédéric, did you want to add anything to that point on your side? Well, as you say, Philip, this is the 10 million question right now. We get it every day, several times a day. And we're trying to explain that in Sweden, as in I would say most countries, of course, we do have a Work Environmental Act. That Work Environmental Act has been in force for years now. It's nothing new with the COVID situation. And the responsibility under the Act is for every employer to provide a safe and sound work environment for their employees. And during the pandemic situation, the authorities issued some specific advice to the employer saying that you must make it able for the employees to keep distance. 
provide, you know, hand sanitizers, even face masks if that's necessary, if they can't keep distance. You shouldn't have meetings in small rooms. Maybe you should close your canteen. And those regulations will continue. That's nothing that will stop now. It's still a responsibility for each employer to prevent any kind of spread of infections at the office. And many employers think that I will take care of my work environmental responsibility by requiring a vaccination or a negative COVID test before entering into the office. But that's not the way of doing it, because as from next Wednesday, everyone is welcome back to the office. The recommendation to work from home is lifted. So Mm. our authorities have said that it's not dangerous to go to the office, but provided, of course, that the employer takes the responsibility to arrange the work and the office in a manner that it is safe. And the vaccination is not the simple answer. You still have to work with your normal tools in your work environmental responsibilities. And moreover, it's quite sort of aggressive to ask about vaccination from your employees. So you were talking about testing, Frédéric. And I guess the answer to that question is going to be no. So the employer in Sweden cannot require COVID testing for staff who is not vaccinated before they come back to work. Well, I mean, it's not really a strong prohibition that you cannot do it, but it's so complicated to do it. And what about the result of the COVID tests? You know, if it's negative or if it's positive, what should you do with that information? And as I'm sure Emily will explore a little bit, you do run into a challenge because you can never, ever store that information. So you can only have a test. I don't know how you should do it. I know one client is doing this. They do have, in the entrance of their office, they have antibody testing. And it's an external nurse who's doing that. And she just says, okay, you're green, you can go in. Oh, you're red, you have to go home. But she can't store the information. She can't do anything about it. So it is a rather, I would say, quite expensive way to try to manage your work environmental responsibility. What you just touched on, what we just touched on with Frédéric is the same issue we have in France, is no processing of that data, no storing, but how about keeping on a simple piece of paper the fact that Mr. X and Mrs. Z did show a document today saying that she or he was green or or, or red. Emily, what would you say about this kind of data protection problem? Well, we do have, of course, the GDPR in, in Sweden as well as in France, and it is the same Same approach here, health information is prohibited or at least very, very sensitive data that should not be kept and stored in the systems. What you are pointing at is sort of having an unorganized piece of paper with that kind of information in a very unorderly fashion, I would say. That would generally not be covered by the GDPR and therefore not explicitly prohibited by the GDPR, but still I'm still leaning back to what Frederick said, what would be the general use of that information to have a pile of paper where you have uh, green and red notes for each individual? What would you actually do with the information there? So I, I don't really see the extensive use that you could have of it. So we, we are facing the same type of practical issue, but I agree with you. There's no reason why an employer would store piles of papers. It might be good to have that piece of paper around for one day or two days just to verify that Mr. or Mrs. so-and-so was checked at some point, but then you should destroy the piece of paper. I certainly agree with you. 
Coming back to you, Frederick, and although you touched a bit on that, and that would be my last question to you guys today for our audience. Speaking of really today, what are the current recommendations or rules or uh, maybe obligations, I don't know, that are in place in Sweden in the working, in any working environment? Well, referring to the COVID situation, all recommendations will be lifted as per September 29. Then we're back on a normal status on the specific recommendation issued in the, in the COVID situation. But as I said earlier, it doesn't mean that an employer can all of a sudden just ignore the, the pandemic situation we have in this society. It means that our authorities have decided that the spread of, of COVID is not that strong any longer. And that since a large majority of employees actually have been vaccinated or Swedish citizens have been vaccinated, that allow us to go back to work. But there are people who are not vaccinated. So we still need to be careful about the work environment, to keep distance, to not have big gatherings. I know that certain employers will require some kind of statement from the employees that if you're going to a social event that is organized by the company, or if you go to the canteen for a lunch, you must be vaccinated. Again, you can't really control it, but you, mm. if you sort of say that in your company, that's the rule. And moreover, when it comes to the recommendation for non-vaccinated people in Sweden, they still have to, when sort of moving around in society, keep distance and not go to movies, not go to theaters and so on. That is not specifically for the workplace. But of course, if you have a, you know, a Christmas party or whatever, you will have to take that into consideration and really emphasize to your, to your colleagues that vaccination is a way to be able to actually interact with your colleagues in a normal way. And we, we see that to be really recommend everyone to be vaccinated. But the basic sort of message from me and Emily from the Swedish perspective is that requiring COVID test or vaccination from your employees, you can't do that kind of shortcut in order to sort of manage your work environmental responsibility. And that situation will be similar in many other European countries, Frederick. It's been a very interesting discussion with a very original approach in Sweden, which I thought quite uh, interesting to discuss with you. So thank you to you, Frédéric and Emily, for joining us on the, on the program today. If you'd like to connect with Frédéric and Emily or any other lawyers uh, around the world, please uh, search for them on the ELA website at ELA.law, that's .law, of course, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, or access the ELA's exclusive global employer handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters Europe, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Philippe Durand, and thank you for listening today.